one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, fans, this is, of course, Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Welcome into another week, another new week here on CLNS Radio. This episode is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. You can get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter the promo code Celtics while you're checking out there and you get $50 off any mattress purchase. Uh, new show, new week. Uh, no Jess Thomas, so good for us. Me and Lauren are on our own this week. Lauren, what's going on? Oh, same old. Uh, different sh- uh, different week, new show. I'm excited. Different week. No, no show, no Jess. We're new people. I know. We're on our we've, own. I don't think we've ever done a show without Jess, at least since I joined. No babysitter, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, don't forget, of course, folks, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Again, that is a new Twitter handle. So if you haven't, if you follow this deal on the old one, go follow the new one. We'd appreciate every follow. Uh, Facebook on Red, uh, Red Sox Beat Podcast. Tumblr on iTunes. Again, we ask you every week. Subscribe, rate, review. It's the biggest thing you can do to help us out. Of course, check us out on Stitcher as well. Um, Lauren, I'm going to start with this one. 85 days until opening day. Because you wrote that in big letters in all caps in our show prep sheet. And I, I can't be more happy to see that. I wish I could just make it just bigger than the biggest font on that i'm just so excited i have have it marked on my phone i have it on my calendar at work i just have it everywhere like in my room it's just there's always constant reminders that we are in double digits to opening day and the next week will be in the 70s when we do the show so i'm just so excited oh every week's gonna get even better for you like it's slowly gonna be better and better and then, I, mean, I mean think about this I don't know the exact date, Lauren, you probably do, but, like, pitchers and catches report in, like, a little over a month. I think February 16th. Yeah, so that's, like, a month and a week. Not even. I'm that's phenomenal. So excited. So excited. And think about this. We all talk about baseball every week, but if you want to think of it this way, Super Bowl is February 5th, right? Something like Seventh. that? 7th. So, but a week, not even a week after that, nine, day, oh, nine days after that, Red Sox get the report for pitchers and catchers, so... Once football season's over, baseball season's here. It's a great, great, vicious cycle that we love to be a part of. Hopefully the, hopefully the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. That'd be nice, too. That'd be very <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but we got, uh, we got some baseball stuff to talk about still, Lauren, even though it's the offseason. Um, nothing major. Hall of Fame is the big one. I think we kind of talked about this last week, um, just who should get in, who we thought. We played a little steroid game. Uh, there were two who got in this year. Um, we all went around and said Ken Griffey Jr. should be unanimously voted in. He was not. We'll get to that in a second because I'm a little bitter about that one. Um, and the other one, of course, um, was Mike Piazza. They elected into the hall. Um, and there were some other notables left off the ballot. Uh, we can get to those too as well. But let's first, Lauren, talk about Ken Griffey Jr. not unanimously getting voted in. He got 99.3% of the vote, which means three people did not put his name on the ballot. And instead, they voted for some schmuck that should never have gotten in. I'm so mad about this. I am, too, because – and I knew that chances like were, were, weren't going to be 100% that he was going to get unanimously, unanimously voted in. But part of me was like, no, he's definitely going to. There's no reason he can't. Like, all of us were just, like, vouching for it. And it was like, why? Like, we're just – it's obvious when somebody's going to get into the hall and with his numbers, his, and of course I know you love his swing. Ugh. It's just, it blows my mind that there's three writers out there who are just like, nah, we're not voting for him. Yeah. For those of you who love his swing as much as I do, um, 
there's gifts out there. Lawrence sent a great one to me during the week. Um, it's just him you, just swinging at a baseball. I think it's a home run swing. It looks pretty clean. And it's just, oh, I, I got lost. Literally le- left it in front of my face for like three minutes. Just got lost in his swing it's, over and over again. It's a perfect it, loop. <laughs> oh, it's a perfect loop of his just beautiful left-handed swing. And look, I, I have a theory that I think the writers, Lauren, are waiting for Jeter. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote. And I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Griffey shouldn't be the first one that we were considering to get unanimous vote. I'm, there should have been someone before that, and that's kind of what's wrong with the voting. But I'm kind of convinced that Jeter is going to get the first unanimous vote. That's a very good theory. I didn't even think of that. And obviously, I, it's obvious he's going to get into the Hall in five oh, years. Yeah. Like He's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. And now that you say that, I'm like, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if that's the case, that they want the golden boy and to get into the Hall on unanimously decision, which... It's great. Obviously, he did wonders, and he's an amazing player. And he's just like Ken Griffey Jr., he did it clean, nothing on his record. And you can't not like Derek Jeter. Well, do we know that now? Do we know that? He was linked to the IHGH report that was the Al Jazeera thing. He was. And the more that that comes out, the more I hear that name, the more I read up on it. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Like, he could just be speaking a bunch of hogwash, and just I could come out and say, oh, I have this source, so and so. And make it like prominent athletes on it like, i mean anyone can- but hey though there was a second source that confirmed it that wasn't part of al jazeera so that was always that that's always good um and this tr- i forget the guy's name but there was a trainer that had them but like apparently jeter worked with the same trainer who was the one who got in trouble for shooting i don't know something that, that linked jeter to hgh and using steroids and it would be hilarious if the golden boy got turned down and got shot up and he just used hgh at some point he came back pretty quick when he got hurt so i mean i, I you put it together i don't want to believe it because i do i am a Derek jeter fan as much as i hate the yankees as much as he's hurt us over the years i am a Derek jeter fan i would hate to see it but it would be kind of funny. It would be. And the same thing, like, I have the utmost respect for Jeter, love Jeter, and love, like, the way he plays and just everything about him. And if it did come out that he was on some sort of HGH, it's just, like, that's such a kick in the gut to, like, Yankees fans and really just baseball because, you know, Golden Boy, he's the face of the Yankees. Everyone knows who he is. And even now, it's like he's not playing anymore, but still, like, Derek Jeter this, Derek Jeter that. And a big name like that comes out, and it's like, Whoa, could he have really done that? Yeah, and you you look back at what his career was, and he, he's been the golden boy forever. And it's just like, you don't want to believe it, if you're, especially if you're a Yankees fan. Um, side note, my boss at work at my new job is a Yankees fan, and I brought it up to him, and he wouldn't talk to me for like a half hour. Oh, boy. Don't 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 piss yeah. off the boss. He's a Jets and a Yankees fan. Oh, God, that's terrible. Yeah, I, I talk crap to him all the time. I'm like, dude, you're a Jets fan. You're not even in the playoffs, so you can't even be mad about anything that's happening. He's like, just go back to work. <laughs> just go back to work, Jared. Just go back to work. Ugh. Then he proceeds to come by and shoot me with a Nerf gun about 25 minutes later. So, I mean, it's my boss. But, uh, yeah, so I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about Jeter because we don't really know. Nothing really came up. But, like, it wouldn't shock me at all anymore because everyone's names are coming up with steroids. But, Lauren, if if... Say the steroid thing aside. Say it we all say Jeter's rec, uh, record stays perfect. It wouldn't shock me if that was why they didn't give Griffey the unanimous vote because those writers said, "I want I don't want Jeter to be the I want Jeter to be the first one to get the unanimous vote." I I honestly wouldn't be surprised, and I just we'll see in four years or so when he's on the ballot. So yeah, 
But obviously, no question Ken Griffey Jr. was supposed to be in. There's no question that he should have gotten in. There's no question he should have been the first ballot, so I'm glad he got in. He still made history. Um, Lauren, did you see the video of his reaction when he got the phone call? I did, and it's, I love when they do those videos, when they do like, the Hall of Fame elections, when they do the draft videos, because it's like you yeah. just see their raw reaction, and it's like you don't see these athletes in that kind of light at all. Like You just see them on, on the field and post-game, pre-game interviews, and it's just nice to see emotion. It's like you could just tell how hard he worked for it and how happy he was. But like, I mean, how can you not be happy when you're in the Hall of Fame? And then he gets like, oh wait, by the way, you also made history by breaking the the amount of people who voted for you. See, I think he was bitter. I'll tell you that in a second. I think he was bitter about something. But I think it's hilarious because you're watching him in the feeling of it looks like you and me just kind of on a casual Thursday night waiting to make plans or something. He's with his phone on speaker in our kitchen waiting to hear for a phone call. And there he is with his family just hanging out. Gets the phone call. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's the re- if you watch it closely and you really pay attention, it's hilarious what, the way he reacts. Like the, He was like, Junior, yeah, how are you? Good. So, uh, yeah, this is such and such from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, we want to let you know that uh, you have been voted into the Hall of Fame. And then Griffey's like, awesome. Cool. He was, he was like, very he, casual. He, like, knew he was getting in, of course. And, like, he he wasn't – I mean, he was obviously happy. But, like, he's been preparing to be in the Hall of Fame since he retired. And everyone knew he was going to be in the Hall of Fame since he retired. I'm pretty sure everyone knew he was going to be in the Hall of Fame the first time he stepped on the damn field because he was that good all the time. But the way he reacted when he got the phone call, the first part of that, he was like, okay, cool, thank you. He like, You could tell he was, like, waiting for the other part of it. Oh, yeah. You knew he wanted to be the unanimous voter. And then – he, they were like, you also made history, Junior. He's like, oh. And like, he was like, he was like, oh, I did it. I did, I totally did it. This is happening. I did it. I was the first unanimous vote. And he's like, uh, you were, you were, there were 140 votes and you were on 137 of the ballots. And he's like, oh, crap. I didn't do it. Uh oh. And he's like, you made history with the most percentage. He's like, oh, well, now I'm nervous. I think he was nervous because he thought he was getting 100% of the vote. And now he's not. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he was too. It's hard not to, to think that. And I'm sure he was reading up on himself and it's hard to avoid that kind of stuff when it's you know all over twitter and how i would i would too and it's like if i was getting voted in the baseball hall of fame i'd be googling myself once every day at least and i'm sure and it's just hard to get away from that and i i mean i'm sure he was of course he was excited to get into the hall of fame and it's i'm sure if there's that little bit of disappointment where you didn't get the unanimous vote but yep. like got to pick and choose your battles like i'm in the hall and now i have the record for most votes and it's of course it's disappointing he didn't get it but at the same time he still has so much to be proud of and accomplished so much and 99.3 percent of votes that's a lot so very good a lot of votes i want to know who those schmucks are who said no to to, to ken griffey jr jack wagons like you need to be disbarred (laughs) from having a vote like you need to be thrown into the river yep like ken griffey jr has just on his swing alone should be have a be shrined into the Hall of Fame. But he's going in with his hat backwards. Oh, I love it. Is he Is he actually, though? Yeah, he's going in with the... I believe he, they said that he's going to go with his cap backwards. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I'm, 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 I'm almost 100%. I'm pretty sure I saw that floating around Twitter. That is amazing. And it, it makes sense. That's, like, what he was known for. Mm-hmm. He always had his hat on backwards. So, And that'd be cool, because he made history. That'd be the first time someone would be, like, bronze with his hat backwards. I just I oh, just love it. I loved Pedro's though because Pedro had the Jerry curls. They gave him the Jerry yep. curls on Pedro's. Awesome. Love that too. Oh, man, I I not, I want to make the trip after Ken Griffey Jr. gets enshrined to the Hall of Fame because I mean we grew up watching him play. 
So like these people now that are starting to go in the Hall of Fame are the ones that we watched when we were kids growing up. So now we're really starting because like when we were kids and these Hall of Fame votes came out, my parents yelled and people I knew yelled about the voting was wrong. But like I didn't know any of the players' names, so how would I have known? Like I didn't know the people who played in the eighties and the nineties, like early nineties. I didn't know any of those people. But like now, Ken Griffey Jr. I remember watching vividly in the home run derby here at Fenway Park, winning the home run derby here at Fenway Park over Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. I remember watching Mike Piazza play. Like. Now these are guys that we understand and care and really have an opinion on because we know how they play because we watch these guys play. And it's it's so much fun now. Like you get so much more of an appreciation as you get older because like you know when you're in the moment when you're younger watching the games they're just like like heroes to you and now it's like wow like you see how much work they put in and like what these numbers really mean and then as you see them as you get older it's like huh they really did accomplish something and I did. You realize what you were watching, which is crazy. It's great, and I did just read that his plaque will not portray him with. His brim towards the rear. That's my mistake. I could have. I thought I saw on Twitter that he was going. Oh. A little disappointing. Oh, he just gave me blue balls. Oh. Like, oh. I'm sorry. What a buzzkill. That was. That was such a buzzkill. That was gonna be awesome. Well, he's going with a Mariners hat on, right? He is. Okay. Which is that at least great. Which is justice. It's what he should do. Um, that's Red Sox. Mm-hmm. They did Pedro. It makes sense. Now, Mike Piazza, on the other hand, Lauren. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Uh, I, I'm i going to disagree. I I think he is. I think they, they got it right. And I quite frankly think he should have got in sooner. Was he? He was linked to steroids, right? I believe he was linked. Um, more more alleged than... Um, I don't think anything was confirmed. But he's... So that's... But he's the greatest hitting catcher. So that's... I mean, I'll give it this. Him being in is a good sign for steroid-era players going forward because he was linked. Now, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, which we can talk about as well, both went up this year, like tremendously went up. Yep, they did. So I think those guys might actually get in before they're off the ballot. I think there's a very good chance. I think there's a a higher chance now with, you know, especially with Mike Piazza getting in and just the way the baseball writers think and just – just the numbers alone, and I understand steroids have a part in that. And they sometimes they have a huge part in that, but you're still a good player despite if you do steroids. Yeah, so I I wish that Bonds and Clemens would get in sooner. I think they're going to get in. Um, do I think they should have gotten in this year? Yes, I think that they they both finished with around forty something percent of the votes, which I mean isn't terrible, but you need seventy five to get in. What were they last year? Do we know? For um, Clemens, yeah, what were thirty-seven? They were in the the thirties. Both of them were, I believe. And then they were forty-four and forty-five this year. Yeah, so they're going up. I think they will get in before they are done. I think the the problem I hate about the baseball writers and the way they vote is the fact that they go, "Well, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, but maybe he's a second ballot Hall of Famer. If he belongs in the Hall of Fame, doesn't he just belong in the Hall of Fame?" I think so. Regardless if you're first ballot or last ballot, I don't understand what the difference is. If you deserve it, you deserve it. Yeah, and like the way the way they the way they just think about things is so ridiculous. Like, well, you know, he he doesn't deserve it to be right away. Let's make him sweat it out a little bit. He wasn't a good guy in the locker room, or like he didn't deserve to be first ballot. That's prestigious. You guys can vote like up to ten people. Like, just vote for ten people. If someone, if your tenth vote is someone that you would put in the hall four years later, just put them in now. Right, like they're not going to get any better. Like their their numbers aren't going to change in four years. 
Because I guarantee you there hasn't been, there's been, there's been instances where the writers go, oh, whoops, he should have gotten in, we, we didn't really put him in. Whoops. Oh, well, because he's not getting in. Like, you just, like, someone else, there are plenty of guys, I'm sure, out there who the writers left out because they thought, oh, we'll get him in eventually, and they never got him in. Yep, I just, because, I don't understand their thinking with a lot of it, and I hope I'm, I mean, it, I'd like to see how they vote just one day, just be a fly in the wall in that room. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Well, uh, well, the thing is, they don't vote in one room. That's football. Yeah. They cast ballots. Like, they still, like, mail-in ballots, like paper ballots. Gotta love the old school. That that also speaks to how old school it is. They still mail-in paper ballots. Yep. <laughs> like, I'd rather you do it the way football does it and all of you old bags get in a room than mail-in paper ballots. That is very, very true. And uh, going back to... Uh... Ken Griffey Jr. and not being unanimous, I did say the three of us agreed on it, but I remember Jess was actually a pretty, pretty uh, uptight, not uptight, pretty uh, adamant about him not being yep. unanimous. So yeah, he said he he said he didn't think it was going to happen. And like many times during baseball season, Jess was right. So I think well, we have to give credit where credit is due, even though he's Ugh. not here. Trying to avoid that. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I had to. <laughs> Jess, okay, you're welcome, Jess. You get your way again. Lauren gave you credit. Oh, man. He went to Disney. He went to Florida, too. That lucky. He is lucky enjoying man. the warm weather. I hope he brings it back. Yeah. yeah, bring some of it back, Jess. Maybe bring me a palm tree. That'd be nice. Oh, I love palm stick trees. It out, stick it outside. <laughs> Pretend that I'm in a hammock outside of the beach getting spoon-fed alcohol by a cabana boy. With this little nope. fan waving on you? With the little fan waving on me, feeding me grapes on the beach. There you go. Instead, I'm here in a cold. It wasn't that cold today, though, to be completely honest. It's very foggy. I was driving around. Side story. I love I love getting off on tangents. I always do this. You do. I, I drove through a crazy huge puddle today, poured today on Sunday, and it just, like, all of a sudden the puddle came out of nowhere. I didn't see it because it was dark. All of a sudden, I just my car just plowed through, like, a good, like, half inch, or, like, a full inch of rain, and I'm just like, well... Good thing I didn't, like, get, stall my car out. Like, that was fun. It was bad. But if you had a Jeep, you wouldn't have that problem. I'm, I'm working on that, actually. So Very good. Yeah. I love me a Jeep. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a Jeep eventually. But, tangent over. Um, <laughs> side note's over. Uh, back to Mike Piazza, because I think we disagreed, and we kind of just shoved that under the table. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, because, yes, he was a good offensive catcher, but I, the way I look at the steroid guys are, are is as follows. They, I look at what they were before, but I also look at how big, of, how good of a player would they have been without the steroids. Like, Barry Bonds didn't need the steroids. He just chose to take them. He was a good hitter. He would have been a more pure hitter, but he was a great player before the steroids. Roger Clemens didn't need the steroids. It just prolonged his career. Mike Piazza, I think, needed the steroids. Mark McGuire needed the steroids. Sammy Sosa desperately needed the steroids. Like, these kind of guys, I don't think really are actual ball players. Yes, you have to have some semi-talent to actually hit the ball. I know it's not all the steroids, but Barry Bonds bulked up, but he didn't need to. I don't know why Barry Bonds bulked up, by the way. He did not need that he's at a, all. He was, skin- he was skinny, but he had some pop. Yeah, he's, he's a big guy. Like He's tall. Yeah, he was fine. Roger Clemens was completely fine. He only used it to prolong his career. So, like, Mike Piazza to me, yes, I, I can see the argument for being in. I'm not shocked that he's in, and I'm not completely pissed that he's in. Also great because, again, it paves the way for my boys Bonds and Clemens to get in. But 
I'm not 100% sold on him being a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't have put him on my ballot if I was voting. I mean, I think I think he deserves it despite the PED linkage. You know, 12-time All-Star. I mean, no, he never won a World Series, but he's eight years with the Mets and just, like I said, the greatest hitting catcher. Despite whether he was on steroids or not, he's still, I mean, you still need some talent to play the game. And I don't, I don't think it necessarily, I mean, obviously, yes, if he did them, it, it would affect him. But I think he absolutely deserves it. I still think he worked really hard. And he's another player I grew up loving. And my brother was a Mets fan. He lived in New York for a little while. So and I grew up liking the Mets too. And I remember, like, I just vaguely, like, not vaguely, I just so vividly remember him just because I always called him Mike Pizza. Yeah. But I, I think he had a great career and I think he had a Hall of Fame career. And I definitely think the writers got it right with him. Again, not mad. Just, hey. It could, it could have gone either way for me. I'm okay with him being in, but I don't think he is a Hall of Famer. But he's in either way, so congrats to him. Congrats to my boy, Ken Griffey Jr. Be- most beautiful swing ever in the history of the game. Um, Piazza had 83% of the vote. The next one, I want to talk about this. The next one down is Jeff Bagwell. Good. And then after that was Tim Raines with 69.8% of the vote. Next year is Tim Raines, last year on the ballot. Yup. And, uh, no, he's, if he is- he's so close. <laughs> Yet so far, and I, I feel like he just deserves it. I'm like afraid he might not get in. That was my fear with Jim Rice. Like this actually might be the, one of those cases I was just talking about earlier, Lauren, where they might just forget to put him in. I don't think they would just forget to put him in, but it's it is kind of scary to think that he's got one more year, and there is that chance that he may not make it in. And he could be one of the ones, the first one screwed over the rule of being switched from 15 years on the ballot to 10. Because next year, if he wasn't for the rule, he would still have five more years on the ballot. Yep. Six more years on the ballot. So, like, he would definitely get in if that was the case. But now he's got one more year. He's got to go from 69.8 to 75% in a year. I mean, we we saw uh, Clemens numbers jump 8%. So, if he gets 8%, then, that's, then he's in. So, yep. I mean, it's possible, but it's also possible that he won't, and that's another crazy thought to me that he wouldn't get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other ones that uh, I'm a little questionable about uh, some of this voting, but again, we can question the BBWAA all day long because they suck and they're terrible at their job. But Jeff Bagwell being at 71.6% of the vote, I'm sorry, that guy was all steroids. That guy, that guy does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Um. Yeah, I think absolutely, and um, I believe, you know, going back to Jess, he said that Bagwell deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's one of his top three steroid users that we talked about last week. We played the steroid game last week. Yep, we did, and I, I'm pretty sure Jess said Bagwell, and I was surprised to see him so high up on the uh, on the list. Yeah, I'm really shocked. Um, another guy shocked to see higher Hoffman, and it pisses me off that they're high because that means. Kurt Schilling's below them, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Mike Messina, all lower than Jeff Bagwell and Trevor Hoffman. Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens is a Hall of Famer. Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Mike Messina is a Hall of Famer. If you didn't vote for, if you'd voted for Schilling and not Mike Messina, you make zero sense. Yeah, it's it's weird to see when the numbers come out, and it's like, like you said, Schilling. Like, why? Why is he so low on the ballot when he deserves to be in there? And it's like just what we talked about a few minutes ago. If you deserve to be in, you deserve to be in. Like, none of this waiting around. Can you justify, can you explain to me something, Lauren? Because I really don't get it. Why is Kurt Schilling higher than Mike Messina? And this is coming from a Red Sox fan. Because to me, it feels like they're the same pitcher. And 
I know a lot because technically they're not supposed to put championships into it. Like it's supposed to be numbers. That's what baseball loves. Um, obviously, we know Mike Messina didn't win anything, but Mike Messina had better career numbers than Kurt Schilling. He did, and I think you know what goes back to Kurt Schilling is you know his heroics in in '04, the the bloody sock, and just what he did for for the Red Sox team, and and I know like the, of course it's all numbers and stats, and when it comes to pitchers and I I don't know it's, it's weird to see that he was above uh Messina but I do think a lot of it has to do with you know, the 04 and and you can't even relate it to the postseason though because you know Messina talk about postseason like he did way more yeah so like you said the baseball writers they just they don't make any sense at the bottom of the ballot Jason Kendall got two votes don't know why <laughs> Uh, I think that I think those two votes. I think actually those two votes were two that didn't go to Griffey. I was gonna say um, that. there's two of the votes that didn't go to him. I'm pretty sure the Kendall votes and the one for Garrett Anderson were the three that didn't vote for Griffey. I heard that somewhere. I think so. Whoever, someone believes that Garrett Anderson belongs in the Hall of Fame, but Griffey doesn't. In- that just ugh. interesting to say the least. This is that that's what's wrong with voting. Um, Nomar got eight votes. Kind of shocking. Um, Jim Edmonds got 2.5. Sammy Sosa only at 7%. Love it. Um, yeah, so there's there's ups and downs on this list for percentages. Um, how many years? I don't know this off the top of my head, Lauren. I can look it up if you don't know. How many years does Kurt Schilling have left on the ballot? Oh, he's probably got like a sixth. So he should get in. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. And I know there was a lot of talk when he retired whether he would or not because his numbers aren't the Hall of Fame numbers you see from other pitchers. But, I mean, he did – his postseason numbers are what's amazing and what's he, – he should get into the Hall of Fame. He should get into the Hall of Fame. Take the postseason out, he should still get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh, he definitely should get in the Hall of Fame. And it's crazy to me that he didn't get in the Hall of Fame. Um, but I think uh, 2013 was his second year on the ballot. So that means he's got – yeah, you're right. He's got six years left. Good math. Good job. Thank you. Um, I think in six years he can go twenty twenty three percent in six years because it seems like he's gonna he's been rising quickly. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if him and Roger Clemens get in in the same year. To be completely honest, because they're pretty close. Um, and it wouldn't shock me maybe if you have Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds as one year as your class. Wow, what a class! I hope that's the case. That'd be a great class. I don't know. Obviously, first time ballots ballot hall of famers between now and then um you put this a couple years out i don't i don't again i haven't done the research to know who'd be first ballot hall of famers in a couple years but um shilling clemens bonds are all back to back to back in the percentages and it seems like they're all kind of steadily increasing together that wouldn't surprise me at all i think it'll be an interesting next couple of years with the hall of fame like you said with the first balloters coming in and and just seeing how the the writers react, and who knows, maybe this time next year we'll be talking about Kurt Schilling doing steroids. You know, like you just <laughs> never know what could happen. So that's what they were pumping in his ankle in '04, not cortisone. Oh, okay, got it. That makes more sense. It's all coming together now. <laughs> oh man, what Jeter Jeter can get in in four years? Yep. So they wouldn't put him in with those three, would they? I don't know. I'm thinking like a baseball writer. Would they want their precious golden boy to go in with three steroid, quote-unquote, steroid years? Probably not, because he, he 
didn't clean. He was never linked to him or nothing ever really came out. You know, and they have the Yankees have enough uh, negativity with steroids, especially just with A Rod alone. Take out Andy Pettit and everybody. A Rod should get in the Hall of Fame. I'm convinced of that too. No, I'm not. Well, that's another conversation. Right there. We don't have to about that. Justin should be here for that one because he'll yell at me constantly for that. Um, yeah, no, but the thing is, I- I'm convinced that Jeter's going to go in by himself. I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, like, I know, like I said, I I think he's going to go unanimously, but um, I can see him going going by himself. But I can also see, see I can see it going both ways. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. It, it's a while off. We've still got time. Uh, who knows where our lives will be by the time Jeter gets into the Hall of Fame. But, right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, other stuff going on. Uh, Roy Halladay. As much as I want to keep – I mean, this is kind of still as Hall of Fame related. Um, Roy Halladay ripped Bonds and Clemens, saying they don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, of course, we talked about Bonds receiving 44% of the votes and Clemens receiving 45 Um Lauren, can you just explain this and what what this kind of how, how this kind of unfolded? This was a Twitter thing, right? Yeah, he tweeted out um, when you take steroids, you're just admitting that you're not good enough or that you're not athletic enough to play the game, and like, and then he was just like, no Clemens, no Bonds in the Hall of Fame, and yeah, you know, props to him for speaking his mind, for getting it out there, and for voicing his opinion. But I don't agree with him. I don't agree with what he said and like how it came off and I know um, uh, it's when you when you're not a steroid user and you accomplish so much and you see people who are admitted steroid users and they accomplish a lot as well and they're getting high votes to go into the hall of fame I can understand his frustration I get it but I just I don't think he's right in his tweet I don't think that means you're admitting to yourself that you're not good enough I just think they want to. They either these players give into peer pressure. They want to be better, and are they they like just exactly as they are? They want to enhance their performance. It's not that they're not good. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think it was just him in frustra- in a moment of frustration. I think it was him, um, kind of sitting there and going, "Well, well, what the crap, guys? Like, I I should be in the Hall of Fame." And like, obviously, he's not eligible yet. But like, he sees these guys and he worked in. I don't know Roy Halladay's career that well, but I'm pretty sure he worked kind of hard. Like, and he didn't. I don't. He hasn't been like this steroids, right? So like, it seems like guys like this are going to start coming out of the woodwork more and more. Especially, I think Lauren once these guys like Boston and Clemens really start to get in, because then these guys who did it right and don't get in will be then will question it, and then the writers will never be right, which is fine because again, I don't mind people crapping on the writers for any little thing, but these guys do deserve to get in. Barry, like I said, Barry Bonds would have been a Hall of Famer without the steroids. He just wanted to take the steroids for the power numbers. Clemens would have been a Hall of Famer without the steroids. So, like, that's the way I look at steroid users. If you, if you could t- bonafidely tell that they would have been Hall of Famers without the steroids, they should be a lock to be in. Oh, yeah. And like you said, you know, Clemens easily would have been is, – is a Hall of Famer. And he didn't need the steroids. Like you said, he just wanted to make his career longer. And I think he, he could have – ugh, it just – I want to know how these guys would have been without the steroids. And I know they still would have been good because you, you're you not just good by luck. And it's like steroids don't just magically make you a, an amazing player. Yeah. No, they don't. They, they make you bigger, and that's about it. You still have to be a decent baseball player for the steroids to actually help you. Yep. And it's just, it's, I mean, these guys, 
go through year-round training. They're there. They're in in Florida month, two months before the regular season even starts. And you know, it's not that they don't just wake up the day before opening day like, oh, okay, gonna juice up real quick, and then yeah. take the field. In case, in, case in point for that, Sammy Sosa benefited from steroids for like half a season. Yes, and that's it. If he was a good player, he wouldn't have needed them. He wouldn't. Have, he would have benefited the more. It's really. I look at it this way: the people who benefited from steroids the more probably were better baseball players. Um, like the people who be, who took steroids and put up better numbers, they clearly were better baseball players. And that's the way you kind of have to look at the steroid era. It's not, well, you took steroids, you're not good, you cheated. No, because if they were at the top of the, cl- the class for steroid users, that means they probably were pretty good ball players on the side. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like they're just exactly as I say, they're they're performance enhancing drugs. It's you can't just it's not performance creating drugs like exactly and yes it gives you more power it gives you more stamina but it's just they're still good like Roger Clemens could still throw the ball he could still strike out 20 people if he wanted to without steroids like yeah. he can do he's an amazing pitcher he had an amazing career i just i lost a lot of respect for him throughout this whole process but it, that doesn't take away from what he did on the mound yeah no he he was great on the mound. He was. And yes, he lied to court. He did all this stuff. But baseball, not Hall of Fame voting, is based on what you do on the field. And on the field, he was great. End of story. Done. It's that simple. That simple. Red Sox fans, don't forget, check out Bruins Beat here on CLNS Radio. Tune in for news, recaps, and game previews along with news around the league. Tune in as Jason Buckley and Michael Setapani host new shows every single Saturday here on CLNS Radio. Uh, great show if you're a Bruins fan. Go check that out. Um, we've got a couple more items to talk about here. We can get off the Hall of Fame talk because I literally could do four hours with no commercials, like straight, um, on Hall of Fame talk. So we're not going to do that because I could literally be bitter. I can go down every single person and tell you why they should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, but we're not going to do that. It's not the time and place for that. If you guys want to hit me up on Twitter and ask me, I will gladly do that. I am at jscal underscore, jscal18 underscore CLNS. Excuse me. I don't even know my own Twitter. <laughs> um, Lauren is at la 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 Lauren. Four R's. <laughs> Four R's, yeah. Um, but really, though, if you, if, you, if you really want to know my opinion on someone in the Hall of Fame, go for it. I'm going to probably say yes or no to you right away. Um, but there's some other news in the baseball world. Um, one player, Lauren, that was linked to us for a while in terms of the Red Sox possibly being interested in filling the out, some outfield holes is Alex Gordon. Reportedly, he wasn't going back to Kansas City. Reportedly, they said they didn't want to sign him. Well, you know what? They lied because he's going back to Kansas City on a four-year, $72 million deal. Um, he's going to get $12 million in 2016. Um, $16 million in 2017, $20 million in 2018, and $20 million in 2019. Uh, and there's a $23 million, million, million dollar mutual option in t- 2020. Um, richest deal in franchise history. Right, Lauren? That yeah. is correct. That's crazy. Um, surpassing the five-year $55 million deal given to uh, Gil Mesh and Mike Sweeney. Uh, Mike Sweeney also on the Hall of Fame ballot. Got, like, very little votes. Um Look, one weird that they back ended this with money and not front loading it. They didn't. They didn't front load it. He's only getting twelve million dollars this summer. Yeah, it's which, it's not like a great. Of course, it's a lot of money, but it's not like these other deals we've been hearing about in the off season. Yeah, no, it's really not. Like it's a, kind of a reasonable deal for what he brings to the team. If the Red Sox paid this, I would have been. I would have been okay for it. Um, 
to me, again, it's just really weird that they didn't front load this money because I don't know. He's not that old, but like, what if he craps out in two years? Yeah, this was an interesting storyline because it, it it really came out. I thought that he wasn't going back to the Royals. I thought that that was done. And yeah. all of a sudden, I get the ESPN alert on my phone, which like Alex Gordon signs with the Royals. I'm like what? Like no, he didn't. They lied to us. They all did. Like every, every reporter said, like, oh, Alex Gordon not going back. They said they don't want to sign. I'm like, oh, cool, Red Sox, jump on that. Like, cool, go for it. And then, like you said, get the notification. Um, Alex Gordon, if you're doing this, um, it's weird that he was okay with the structure like this. I'm sure the Royals are okay with this because it's less money in the short term to make the team better, and long term he gets his money. Um, clearly, this was a team friendly deal in terms, not in terms of the money, maybe not the dollar value of it, but it helps them keep the money low now when they can add more people to the mix and kind of go back and defend their World Series. I agree, and I do think with him signing that the Royals are serious about winning again. And, you know, they lost Cueto, and they had to make up for that. And Alex Gordon, like I said, he's he's not that old. I mean, he's not like – and the Royals don't have – the Royals don't have a huge name player on their team. He is their and, big exactly, name Exactly, and I think that they didn't want to lose that because – they lost Cueto to free agency. So when you don't have that big name player and you have somebody who's been with the team, I think you do whatever you can to get them. Yeah, exactly. And it would, they would have been crazy not to resign them. They think they were stupid saying they weren't resigning him. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with their pitching still. Like it's not like they didn't, they didn't really replace Cueto. So I don't know what they're going to do in that sense, but their bullpen's still pretty good and keeping Alex Gordon's a huge win. Because um, I think a lot of baseball people, ourselves probably both included, Lauren, would have crapped on them if they let him walk. Yeah, and we were crapping on them because we thought he was going to walk. Yeah. Don't get, if they came here, I would have been totally okay. I would have crapped on him for letting him come here. <laughs> but I would have loved it. Um, he's a great player, and he brings a lot to a team. And He's half the reason why they won that World Series last year is because he's heart and soul. He was out for a while, if you guys don't remember that. He was out. He was hurt. He was still in the clubhouse every day, being a part of that Royals clubhouse and really being a part of that team. And then him coming back at 100% ready to go for the playoffs was huge for that team. Oh, absolutely. And He only played in 104 games, but like you said, he was always there. And just to have that presence, it's kind of like, a, like Johnny Gomes. Like you just have that presence, and you just you want that kind of presence from a player, especially a player on your team. You want that influence on other players because then they're going to be like, wow, he's here and he's not even playing. Like that's that's a leader right there. Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know if the Royals are going to repeat their World Series. I don't think they will unless they get some starting pitching help. You think the Cubs are going to win? I do, of course. I mean, come on. It's their year. That's an even year, though. It is. I mean, granted, my ultimate fantasy will be the Red Sox winning a World Series, but I know that's not happening. So the next best thing is the Cubs breaking breaking 100 and whatever it is, your curse. 104 now? I say it's up there. I thought 86 was long. Oof. I know, right? When we broke that, when when this happens, I don't know what they're going to do in Chicago because I thought what we did, I mean, we, we were nice. We were kind of gracefully nice about it, but, like, that's over 100 years, man. Like, that's insane. At least they have the Blackhawks out there, though. Yeah, they're still winning. They don't. It's not like they're Cleveland. No, oh, God, that's terrible. Because Cleveland just doesn't win at all. It's, oh. And they got stuck with Johnny Manziel. Oh, God, that, that's, that's just a disaster and a half. He won't be there next year. He's probably going to Dallas. But side note ahead of that, that's not football. That's football talk. But um, look, the Kansas City Royals are in a good situation. They're the heart of Kansas City, um, them and the Chiefs, because the Chiefs are now coming here to play New England. Um, 
the Royals haven't been good for a while. Now they finally are. I don't think they're going anywhere, Lauren, in terms of like not making the playoffs and not being relevant. They have a good young team. Um, they just need to year in and year out make sure their rotation's good enough that their bullpen can keep staying consistent to get them there because their bullpen is obviously the top reason why they're this good. And the bullpen is going to be the reason why they get back to the playoffs and have a chance to defend their World Series if that happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, they're a young team. They they know what they're capable of, especially after this this World Series win. But at the same time, them being a young team and the whole World Series hangover thing, I think will affect them pretty bad. Yeah, I, I think it will too. Um, I think they're mentally strong, but not having some starting pitching. I don't be shocked if they get off to a slow start and they kind of wrap it up around all-star break and they make a deal around the deadline to help them kind of make that push into the playoffs and then make that push. I wouldn't be surprised if they're right there in the playoffs again, but it's not going to start pretty, I don't think. Um, that's for sure. Uh, one more piece of news that we want to talk about here are the Cardinals, um, the ones who were uh, hacking people. Look like they're going to land the uh, Korean reliever. I think it's uh, Swang Won Ho. I, I I apologize if I, I said it wrong. That's what I'm going with. Um, he is 33, though, which is interesting to me. Um, he had a 1.81 ERA with a .85 whip um, in his entire career with the Korean baseball organization. Um, he was suspended for half a season for his connections to gambling, which I did not know until Lauren brought this up, um, with a former teammate at a casino overseas. Um, he is forbidden by South Korean laws uh, for their citizens um, – he will miss the last 72 games, first 72 games, if he stayed over there. Um, but if he doesn't, he won't get suspended. Am I right? Is that, am I reading that right, Lauren? That's what I'm getting from it. Um, it didn't, I guess if he comes here, I guess because we don't have laws forbidding people to gamble um, in the U.S. So Yeah, it wasn't here. It wasn't here in the the Korean baseball organization that's their rules not ours so if he switches leagues then he there's no justifiable reason to suspend him because the Korean baseball organization can't suspend him for something for playing in the MLB yeah I believe that's right I don't think he'll be suspended I don't think the Cardinals would go all in on him if he was going to be suspended for 72 games right off the bat because that's half a season right there yeah, that's that. Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't do that in a heartbeat if that. But it sounds. I mean, they, he they'll probably benefit in the short term from this because it's another arm they can push to make a World Series. And look, the Cardinals are at the luxury where they have some young guys, but they can add these veteran pitchers. I don't know. If, I mean, who knows if he'll pan out here? But a 33 year old with a 1.8 career ERA. That's a big ad for them and a team that was kind of should have gone far again last year with the Cubs, obviously with their story run. Um, kind of pushed them out of the playoffs. Cardinals are beefing up for another big run, guys, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're over 100 wins again. I wouldn't be surprised either. They're always that team that is just, they're always in the playoffs, and they're always just, they're always there. They're, like, you just can't get away from the Cardinals. And I think by adding, if they add this guy, that it gives them depth, and it gives them, you know, a little bit of more solidness in their bullpen. And even though he's 33, he's, you know, he has a pretty impressive career and I don't know how that would transfer over here I mean we've seen it fail with Dice K but I mean maybe you know in a relieving role he'll, he'll he won't fail yeah that I, I, that would be nice <laughs> but um look the Cardinals are like the Patriots of baseball like they're boring but they win all the time um I don't want to say the Patriots are boring I'm sorry if that offended anyone but they do win a lot and they they they're expected to win. They add people. People want to go play for them because they're going to win. Except for Jason Hayward for some weird reason. Um, but 
nonetheless, the Cardinals are looking to add this guy. I think it's a good add for them, and they're going to make a push. I think they are. Um, one more thing, Lauren, before we get out of here. Um, I am in so intrigued with the Red Sox starting rotation still. I, th- I was thinking about this on the way home today, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm okay with the starting rotation if they were to start today. And who would be your starting five? It would be David Price, the God, the Savior, the G- Lord Jesus himself, and then Rick Porcello, Rodriguez. Then it would be Joe Kelly and Clay Buckles. And I'm content with that. And I'm okay with that. And it's scary that I am. But the more I think about it, the more those five, with David Price as your leader, Rick Porcello pitching well last year, Joe Kelly and Rodriguez both had good good end of the years, and Clay Buckholz isn't going anywhere, and if he's your four or five starter, who cares anyway? Um, he'll be hurt at the All-Star break. So those five with the bullpen that they're putting together, they could do some damage in this lineup. They ended last year, Lauren, figured out how to hit the ball together. They were putting up runs. I know the games didn't matter, but... They kept me watching into last year. Yeah. Put this this offense with that bullpen, that pitching rotation doesn't have to be all aces. And it's it's nice to see because, I mean, yeah, I don't want Clay Buckles in the rotation, but like you said, he's not. He's probably not going anywhere. Nope, and he can't. Who's going to take? No, him, really? Who's going? It's like who's going to take? And he'll him? Like, he'll be hurt anyway. Like you said, like he does this exactly. every year. But exactly. What, then your boy Brian Johnson might get a shot. Oh, if one can only hope. But if, I mean, with our bullpen now, it's stacked. So if Buckles can get, even if he can't get out of the fourth, we've got people who can get you five, six, seven, eight, nine easy. So I do, I do like it, but are you leaving Owens out of the, out of the rotation? To yes. start? Yes. I think you're going to, he's going to be, I think the only reason why I came up last year was because the games didn't matter and they wanted to see what they had. I think they saw what he had. Give him more time in AAA to start, just to start the year. He'll be in the big league club for spring training. Go down to Triple A. Um, well, out of the think about that, out of the five guys I said, who would you take out in favor of? Them? Who could you realistically take out in favor of? Them? I guess realistically, Joe Kelly, because you could put him in the bullpen. But but he's going to be a starter, right? And that's like, what he wants. But and I feel like he's going to be on a short leash. But even though he he figured his stuff out, just like Rick Porcello, they figured their stuff out towards the end of the year before they got hurt. And I want to see them succeed. I don't want to see Kelly go to the bullpen because he has really good stuff. And I loved I was so excited for Joe Kelly to be here. And I hope he does well. But, I mean, if we have to put him in the bullpen, we have to put him in the bullpen. What's, I mean, and we know he's got good stuff, so. I still like Joe Kelly. I still am hoping for Joe Kelly to succeed. Um, him and Rick Porcello both are the two that are convincing me that everything's going to be okay. And which is horrible to me to think that usually because that's who screwed it up last year. But. Rick Porcello, once he got healthy, was really good at the end of last year. And same with Joe Kelly. Those two coming off good ends of the year will probably continue into the winter ball. We haven't really seen much, but continue into their winter workouts, I mean. And then come into spring training strong in a month. The rotation is clearly the last problem. They they got their ace, who they needed big time. They went they went from the back out. They got a new closer. They got um, Carson Smith. They got all these guys. They're going to be okay, Lauren. They're not in the, with the lineup the way it is. They're going to score some runs. They don't need the, all these pitchers to keep guys keep uh, lineups to one or two runs every night. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're going to be okay. And I know last year they looked good on paper, but we've seen what this rotation can do, and we we've now we know what our bullpen can do. So 
I do think we're going to be okay because we have we have backup plans in the bullpen. We have Kimbrel, and I'm so excited for Kimbrel, and I'm so excited for, to see this rotation. And I'm so, of course, I'm so excited for David Price, and I'm just I'm excited. The, this off season has really got me amped up for opening day. Yeah, it, I mean, we, we're, we're nuts anyway. We love baseball. Um, anyway, Lawrence, I think every year this time of year we start to get a little jazzed up about it because we see the year turn and we see February in our sights and we get going and we want that time. But now with what they're doing and Dave Dombrowski doing it so quickly, we wanted it even sooner. Um, and now we've, we've been sitting here since before Christmas wanting February because we saw what he was doing and it got us excited. It did. I've been wanting February since October. <laughs> and, and we said it when Dombrowski got hired is he's going to have to do something this off season because we're going to like Red Sox nation was going to decide very quick whether we love this guy or whether we hated him. And he wasted no time getting in there and making the moves. Yeah. Right now we love him right now. He's doing all the He's made all the right moves and saying all the right things. So it's just a matter of if the players can back him up on that and actually prove why they brought him here. Uh, and we'll see. It's obviously time will tell and we got a uh, spring training right around the corner. So that'd be exciting. Um, and of course, more off season could come. I don't know what moves he's going to do, if any. I don't. Do you think he's? Do you think they're done? Real quick before we get out of here. Um, I, I do. And if they do anything else, I think it's going to be very minor. I don't think it's going to be some crazy move. But I think, I think for the most part, they're done. Yeah, me too. Okay, just making sure. This week of Red Sox beat, of course, was brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. You can get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter your promo code Celtics. Don't mind the fact that the Celtics have lost a lot of games lately. You can still use their good name to get you a $50 off mattress at casper.com. Um, Laura and I use one all the time. They're, they're phenomenal. Love the Casper mattresses. Jess has one, too. And uh, we all use them nicely. They're, I sleep on a cloud every night, man. I'm ready to go to bed now. Like, I'm, I'm going to bed. But um, that being said, again, you can, of course, follow us at Red Sox underscore Beat on Twitter. Facebook, just search Red Sox Beat Podcast if you haven't already. We're on Tumblr as well. Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review us. And, of course, you can listen on Stitcher as well. If you didn't know that, enjoy us on Stitcher, too. Um, but, hey, another good week, Lauren. We, we survived without Jess. We did. Um, which is very exciting. We got some more Hall of Fame talking. I got to talk about Ken Griffey Jr. and just his swing that is straight sex. Um, and we again, Jess, if you want to stay in Florida, we're good. We got it. We're covered. We don't, you don't have to worry about it. Laura and I can hold the fork down without No, him. he has to come back. I miss him at work. <laughs> come back. Well, I don't work with him. I don't work with him anymore, so it's fine. Um, that being said, we're going to get out of here for another week. We'll be back next week. Um, spring training getting so much closer opening day getting so much closer which means more and more closeness to we get Jess's recaps back so we get some game talk back we'll get we'll, we'll start talking recaps maybe spring training if Jess is nice because who knows if I really want to recap spring training games yet we haven't decided that much but um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of cross that bridge when it comes to it but that being said for Lauren Campbell and myself and of course Jess Thomas who's not here we'll talk to you next week enjoy your week of course this is Red Sox Beat on CNS Radio